The Armchair Illini Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best online ticketing site you can find. Why? Well, because it pulls from every other available ticketing site to give you the best price possible. There's no need anymore to check out 10 different ticketing sites to find the deal you're looking for. SeatGeek basically does all of that for you. Not only that, but SeatGeek has a value system sorted by color to let you know if you are actually getting a good deal on your tickets or not. You can sort by best value, lowest price, and more. Now here's the best part. If you use code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, you can get $20 off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Attend your next unforgettable sporting event or concert by checking out SeatGeek today. Again, use promo code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, and get $20 off your first order. Just wanted to do something really quick about the news. Um, obviously, Illinois lands Amani Hansbury. That's why a lot of us are here right now. But um, it seemed like this was in the works for a while. Uh, obviously, Illinois has a need for the foreman, obviously with Matthew Meyer graduating. And like I said in the article, there's probably an expectation that you're going to lose either one of Coleman Hawkins or RJ Melendez um, to professional opportunities. So, um, and just wanted to see your initial thoughts on Hansberry, if you've gotten to see much of him. Um, how has he been? I know you're very plugged in on the the UIBL circuit, so um, he's really had a great summer. So, what have you kind of heard from that, Andrew? Yeah, so like they're, uh, you know, I I kind of touch on the Coleman and RJ stuff first. Actually, uh, this is going to be one of the most loaded drafts that uh, we've had in a long time coming up here, um, and it's from because like you have you have prospects in in, in like college, but there are so many prospects that people don't know about overseas. Uh, G League Ignite, and also with OTE, right? So, like, a lot of those guys who would probably come out, like, like man, someone like RJ, if they were going into their sophomore year last year, you probably could have seen him go, like, late first, early second, for sure, this past draft. But this coming draft, you know, the, 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 is it the, Illini Guardians or the Illinois Guardians? Is it Illini? I believe it's Illini Guardians. So the Illini Guardians, like they've they've done a really good job in being able to get prospects in, and they've been, they've done a really good job of you know you know looking to retain certain people when it gets to a certain point of making a decision. Like even someone like Kofi, like I heard that you know they were offering off offering him anything he wanted one three. And you know, Kofi had a had a decision to make, and then once he turned that down, you just knew that okay, mentally, Kofi was two feet out, right? But if it's someone like RJ this coming year, and he's looking at early second round, and a lot of night guardians come around and they're and they're going to offer him something similar to what they did for Kofi, you could see a possible future pro return for their third season. So like 
the NIL stuff, like Illinois is doing it right so far, and um, I'm pretty sure they will make make uh, moves in terms of uh, um, you know, continuing to uh, to uh, adapt and further along their whole NIL process. Uh, when it comes to Hans Hansburg, uh, he is from the the Baltimore area. I think he goes to Mount St. Joe's. Mount St. Joe's is, uh, I believe, is the top is the top private school for basketball in that area. Um, Archbishop Spalding is kind of out there too, but uh, but but Mount St. Joe's historically is like Mount St. Joe's is like the Dematha out there, right? That is like the school out in Baltimore. That's that's the Mount Bird of Baltimore. That's the IMG of Baltimore. That's the, you know, like, that's the, uh, what's another big one? That's like the Oak Hill of, you know, Baltimore. It's a very good, very good program. Um, he blew up this past summer. Had a very good summer. Did such a, did such a fantastic job. Um, I thought, I thought that he was more of a thought that he was more of a five. Um, but I but I've been able to see some things where like he could be one of those four or five guys where you can play him with the five, especially if he improves on his on his uh on his jump shot. Uh I kind of see him being he's not as explosive uh and he's not as strong yet, but um but like an EJ Liddell type of guy where he used to be a little bit taller, but someone who you could put at the five if need be. Um, but when you put him at the four, you don't lose anything. I think he's a bit more versatile than what he's shown, um, which is the, is the case with a lot of these guys, right? Where you really don't know how versatile they are um, until you open their game up. A lot of times they are playing in a, in a, in a, in some type of role, like, like he he played on Team Durant, I believe, right? So, so you know, like someone like that playing on playing on a Team Durant, like he's playing a role. Like they did, they did a good job at the Peach Jam, the EYB, the EYBL this year. Maybe they didn't need him to be more more out there, right? They didn't need him to be more of a like. They didn't need him to be like a crazy. Like do this and do that because I believe they also had uh, another dude on that squad named KJ who's really really good. Yeah, going to Oregon, right? It's tough, tough. KJ's tough, 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 tough. Um, lefty, real, real nice. Six eight, six nine, real good. Like wing, like a three four. Um, so that they didn't need Hansberry to do a lot of those those uh, uh, things things right. So I think a lot of what you see Coleman, what Coleman has done. These last couple years, um, in my opinion, Hansberry can probably do those things at a little bit of a higher level. He isn't as bouncy or springy as Coleman, um, but in terms of skill set, uh, I believe he's a little bit more polished than Coleman is. Yeah, definitely. I think you really hit the nail on the head with his versatility. Um, watching some of his clips, you see him kind of out on the perimeter, um, you know, even getting rebounds and pushing the ball forward. Yeah. So. Um, I, I kind of want to say, you know, a mix of Coleman and what they've been kind of selling Dane Danger to be yeah. um, in terms of being able to bring the ball up, in terms of getting the board and um, being able to facilitate the offense, etc. So um, another thing that I wanted to ask you was 
Merez Johnson. He's the 2024 commit, power forward as well. Um, do you do you see them being able to play with each other? Do you think that would be able to work? Um, obviously, two interior presences, but two pretty different athletes. I think Merez is definitely a way more of a bouncier, um, you know, above the rim guy. Hansberry's definitely a below the rim kind of skilled. Um, might be able to draw you out a little bit, but um, what do you think about that? that tandem moving forward. Yeah, so like, you know, one one thing that's nice is that, you know, he's from an area, you know, he is like more Baltimore, but he plays with and against Baltimore and DC dudes all the time. So, you know, someone like that, you know, he's played with guys like Morez, right? He's played against guys like Morez. Like, you can't really, you can't really blossom. You can't really blossom as someone in that position and not be able to play with similar players who have a little bit different attributes than you, but someone who you can see yourself molding with. So I don't think that's an issue really. Um, I do think it'll be interesting in terms of how Underwood wants to do things. If he does go with like a smaller group, cause I don't see them playing both at the same time with another five. You know what I mean? I see them playing together like one's the four, one's the five, just being really versatile. Not like uh, he's a three or Merez is a three, and then they go with like a like a true center. I don't really see that happening. Um, but yeah, like those two as like a four-five tandem, I think would work very well. Yeah, definitely. I think. Do you ever see when you see like two big guys? kind of playing at the same time. I know they're a little bit smaller, but what do you think in terms of things like spacing? Does that become an issue? Um, just thinking back to like when Michigan kind of rolled out Teske and Austin Davis, obviously two very, very different. That was ridiculous. Um, that was, that was, that was yeah. Absolutely. When it was going on, I, before I even, before it even got to the point of seeing the result, it was going to be a catastrophe. It was going to be a catastrophe. And what a lot of people don't realize, it's not the fact that you are setting up mismatches defensively. When it comes to transition offense and defense, with two true fives out there, someone is not going to pick up a perimeter player. Almost every single time. You have your two wings running. That's two spots, right? Then you have the guard on the ball. That's one, right? Then you're going to have your four-man trailing. What do big guys do naturally? Where do they run? The paint. To the paint, right? <laughs> so someone's going to be open, especially if you're one, two, and three. They have to pick up the one, two, and three every single time. They have to. So a lot of times that's why you see a defensive transition. At times you do see a one or a two or a three end up on a four-man in the, in the trail, right? Sometimes you see that. Sometimes you see a one or two end up on the wings guarding because you can usually switch the one through through the four. But because you have two bigs out there, that just messes up everything because now you can't switch the, the one through four. It just takes away all versatility. So, yeah, like, some, yeah, like that, yeah, that is, no, terrible. Absolutely. Blasphemous. <laughs> but also thinking back to this year, too, um, I wanted to mention, it kind of slipped my mind at the time, but you know, playing Brandon Johns, Musa, and Terrence Williams. I think that was also a, 
um, you know, a conundrum for you guys. So just trying to see, you know, what else Illinois, you know, definitely needs to add um, in terms of the long term. Yeah. Um, you definitely I think need a obviously you definitely need a wing. Definitely. You definitely need a wing because RJ is going into his second year and that's someone who can easily leave this year or next year. Um Terrence is not going to be there very much longer. Myers going to be out after a while. Uh Luke Goody is going into his second year, but still that Luke Goody is going to be more of like a four. Uh, I don't really see him being like a true like a true wing. In my opinion, a true wing it's more of a 2-3 than a 3-4. Than a I don't think you guys have that. Uh, you guys need that. You guys need that. Like, like you need a Ty Rogers, right? But you need more of a versatile one that's going to be able to, like, shoot the ball. And I've heard that he's been working with the point guards and doing all that stuff. But I think you need more guys his size uh, to help with some of that off-ball wing depth. Yeah, definitely. I think wing is is going to be huge, and I think even if they didn't get Hansberry, they're trying to land some sort of sort of shooter. Um, they're looking at a bunch of random white shooters in the, in, in the prep <laughs> prospects. Uh, they just kind of need that that one, you know, like long brown hair. His name's like Joe or something or Brady. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's definitely on the wish list. I also wanted to ask you so. Illinois, I wrote this in the article again, but ever since the Io DeSumo class, or even before, since Brad Underwood's been here, he's brought in at least one top 50, top 75 guy. Um, you know, Io, and then next year was Kofi. Mm-hmm. You know, he brought in Miller and Curbelo, and then he brought in, obviously, this past class with, um, you know, Sky Clark, Ty Rogers, etc. So yeah. do you think Underwood's recruiting has kind of gone under the radar, so to speak, because you, you hear so much about the Michigan, you know, bringing in Musa and Caleb, you know, you hear about Holtman doing some things, but I feel like it's not talked about enough that, you know, Brad's brought in a top 50, top 60 talent every single year that he's been here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty unremarkable. I think, I think the big reason why it goes kind of under the radar is because the, like, what is the, like what happens after what happens after that? Like once you bring them in, like are you getting guys drafted, right? Because like Michigan and you know Juwan has has gotten guys in, right? They've gotten guys in. Um, Franz goes lottery, right? They bring in Caleb. Caleb gets gets guaranteed money. Musa, you know Musa, very very raw athlete. You know you see him get drafted. Um, it does also help when they're able to sh- they go through a struggle, right? And people watch the struggle, and then being able to go to a to a Sweet 16 and play against a Villanova team in the 16, and you're looking at that game and you're seeing Michigan dominate in every single fashion, but the, the one the one the one piece of Michigan's game that they've been that they were great in all year was finishing within like five feet of the rim. That was that was I think their worst performance of the year. When you have someone like Hunter and someone like Musa who's not able to finish those plays, then that's why they can't get over this two possession hump against Villanova. People can see that game and go, like, oh, if they're just below average, not even t- not terrible, if they're below average, they may win that game. They probably lose to Houston. 
they they lose to Houston because 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 Houston's Houston's defensive backcourt would have had Michigan in shambles. I mean, you're talking about like what Trent Frazier was able to do de- defensively. Like they got three of those dudes, and they're bigger than Trent Frazier. So what's going to happen? You know, Michigan won't be able to you know do any sort of like anything there, right? So. Illinois needs to keep the story going a bit longer because um, you know the the jokes out there. You know the, the jokes, jokes about yep. oh, second week of blah, blah, blah. Like, 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 like why that means something is because those, like, that's when legacies are made, right? That's when stories are told because everyone's watching. Everyone. Everyone's watching that. And they're able to see, like, they saw Illinois and, you know, one shot against Chattanooga, right? That goes in. Like, right, you, you know, like like wild, wild stuff. So um, so that's why, in my opinion, the NCAA tournament is so important. And what you're going to see is you should see, like, Underwood's recruiting very well, very, very well now, right? All it takes is yeah. one good run. All it takes is one good run. And so people can now look at Illinois and see them like, oh, okay, they're not only making a good run, but then if you make a good run this year, someone like RJ is gone. And then you're going to see RJ drafted in, in the top 20, top 25. Now people are going to talk about, oh, his recruiting. RJ Melendez was, you know, around ranked around 100, da-da-da-da. He, he was able to put him into a first-round pick. Now they're going to be talking about things more like, oh, where do we see Ty Rogers in the 2024 draft? He was playing the point guard. He was doing this. He was doing that. How do you see him mold and be that guy next? And then they're going to talk about it even more. Now that buzz is going to help out with your, with your credentials on the recruiting circuit. They see Illinois call you like, oh, they just sent R.J. Melendez to the Kings. They just sent, uh, like, they got they got Ty Rogers mocked at seventeen, right? I need to take this call. You know, like now I'm not saying you're in the same breath as Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, but at the same time, you're going to be in the same top five as them, and you're going to have a very equal chance and, and opportunity, especially when you're able to take kids from high school showing that, you know, Underwood has shown that he's not afraid to play freshmen, right? He's not afraid to play them. And then he's able to get some, get them to the NBA. And then you throw in the Illini guardians, what they're able to do. Right. So like, it's all intertwined. And, and uh, I seriously think something like the NCAA tournament is going to just help. It's just going to help boost that for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think the jokes are out there, and I think it's it just sucks because, you know, we've done so well in the regular season and just two kind of, I don't want to say unlucky draws, but they were they, unlucky they were draws. Bad. They were bad draws. They were bad, bad draws. Very, very bad. Um, and it's just, it's only been two years, you know. I think people kind of make it seem like it's been like a constant thing, but yeah. um the COVID year, the year that we got canceled, I really thought we had a great chance, you know, just as good a chance as anyone. Um, I agree. You know, 
Io, Kofi, you know, you had Andres Feliz. Um, but do you think that kids, you know, recruits kind of pay more attention to the NCAA tournament or the fact that, you know, Illinois won the Big Ten or won the Big Ten tournament? Do you think a run to, let's say, like an Elite Eight trumps, you know, going to, you know, winning the Big Ten, like what we did this year and then and or winning the tournament? What, well, when it comes to when it comes to to schools, right? When it comes to schools, when it comes to basketball programs, right? The Big Ten championship is what you want to do. The regular season, right? That's that is, you know, everyone everybody wants to win, win a national championship, blah, blah blah blah. But we really can't control our our matchups. I too thought that 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 last Iowa year. I was like, yo, this team has a chance to get to a Final Four. I don't know if they're going to be able to do anything with when they get there, but they got the backcourt to do so. They got a dude who could light it up from three. They got a defensive lockdown, and they got a pro in the backcourt, right? When you put those three things together, you're usually going to make a run. It just so happened in your second game on one-day prep, you have freshmen who are playing against you are playing against a Princeton offense against seniors who have been to a final four. Like that was just that was just really unfortunate. You guys didn't see the Princeton all year because of the COVID year, you had much lesser non-conference games. And John Beeline, Bill Carmody, those guys who run the Princeton offense, they're not coaching in the in the Big Ten anymore. Nobody runs that. So you had freshmen learning on the fly. By the time you guys were ready to go, it was a 10-point game, right? So And I'm about to start crying. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> but, 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 but. Um, um, the, uh, yeah, the biggest thing is the Big Ten regular season championship. That's number one. Everybody wants to win a national championship, but we don't know until – the draws are out, and that's more of a crapshoot, right? Kevin Ollie won a national championship. That's how much of a crapshoot it is. So, oh my God, Kevin Ollie, <laughs> Kevin Ollie, bro, that was like well, like a nine seed or something insane. But, um, you know, Big Ten championship is number one. Uh, Big Ten tournament championship uh, is number is number two, right? And then from there, you know, you want to you you just want to. You just want to play play one more day after that. Once you get to the tournament, every uh, John John Beeline broke it into you're playing three you are playing three tournaments. That's how it's done. You're playing three tournaments. Every weekend is one tournament. So you're playing you are in the semifinals in the round of sixty four, right? And then your little mini championship is round of thirty two. Right, the next tournament is the Sweet 16. Then the little mini championship is the Elite Eight. Now you get a nice trophy, the NCAA Regional Champion. You go to a Final Four. That Final Four, that's that is your last mini tournament. Right, you you win the first one. Those are the those are the semis. Then you play one more to win the whole thing. So you got to get to that second tournament, in my opinion. You get to that second tournament. The eyes, the eyes have gone from, you have gone from 
So people have gone from watching 68 teams to 16. That is a drastic difference, right? Drastic. Now, like, I can tell you right now, people from the D.C. area, if you mention Illinois, whatever, whatever, right? You mentioned Indiana, whatever. It's, it, is, it, is, it is insane. Even like Michigan, they're like, okay, whatever, right? But if they see you continuously, you know, if, if they see you get to, get to that level, right? Like, oh, y'all were in the, y'all were in the tournament. Oh, y'all were in the tournament. Oh, y'all did good in the tournament. Y'all did good. Did you know Creighton? Okay, Creighton made the tournament. They they just played one game, and that was it. A lot of people are like, wait, who did they play against? Who would Creighton play? Do you know? Kansas. No, not Kansas State. That was that was a while ago. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't See, know. Right off the top of my head. Me, yeah. I have to look it up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Definitely. So when it comes to the Sweet Sixteen, that's eight games. That's it. That's eight games, and people are focusing on those eight games. They're betting those eight games, right? Those games aren't on True TV, right? <laughs> you know, those games are going to be on the on the prime stations at prime time, and now that's that is free marketing and free advertising. Illinois has got to get to that second mini tournament. They just, they just got to get there. They got to get there. And, like, it's not like, you know, I've seen fans try to, like, like not say belittle, but kind of like, like, ooh, you played one more game than us. I'm like, like. That means a lot. That means, <laughs> like, like, what does that even mean? Like, what? It's like, like so yeah, they, they went one, they got to the round of 16 teams. Like, that is huge. Being able to separate, being able to separate yourself from that, from that first group of teams, because now it's been whittled down by what? It's now what seventy percent smaller, or some like, or somewhere in there, 75 percent smaller. You're the smart one here. So, like, <laughs> so like, so like, yeah, it's one more game, but at the same time, there's about five to six days in between. What's going on in those five to six days? What is what are the media talking about? Are they talking about Kentucky still? No, they lost. Right? Are they talking about Chattanooga? No, they they lost. I did not hear one person mention Colorado State after that game. Right? You want to keep you want to keep your name in in everybody's mouth, and for five to six days with no games, they only have sixteen teams to talk about. That's it. Yeah, you're totally right. Like now thinking about it, it's like I know who Michigan played. They played Tennessee and then played Villanova and then they lost. And then Purdue, you, you just you just kind of remember like the rest of their games if they make it to the Sweet Sixteen. Right. Um, the other year with Alabama and UCLA, just random game off the top of my head. And and you remember it just because so man, you're you're so right. You remember that Alabama UCLA game and that crazy shot because they got to the Sweet 16 1 2. You're watching it, there's no other games on. That's it, that's the only game on at that time. True TV, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I uh, 
I appreciate you coming on. You, you talked a lot about some, some really good stuff and a lot of really good points. I think, um, I think Brad Underwood, after this past year, got a lot of comparisons to Jay Wright at Villanova because I believe Jay Wright had a very similar first few years in terms of not getting to the to the second weekend of the tournament mm-hmm. and then was able to kind of turn it up and obviously took Villanova to, to New Heights and we're obviously hoping Brad Underwood can do the same there. And I love your point about the uh, the Illini Guardians too because if y'all were at the football game yesterday, man, they – uh, promote the heck out of that thing. They probably had two or three video ads on the on the big screen at the game yesterday. Um, there were signs for it as you were walking uh, down kind of the, kind of the main street there. It was crazy how much they put this in front of everybody, and I thought it was uh, really cool. I'm glad they're doing a lot of cool stuff, kind of in that space. It's important. It's so it's so important to continue to, to like let people know what you're doing because the more attention they get, the more attention they get, the more they're inclined to make sure that they're doing their job. Cause now they know that they're now, now they have a presence. Now they can't let people down, right? Now they got to follow through even more so than what the initial cause is. Yeah. Yeah. That's legit. Uh, and, Amp, man, just want to again say just thanks for your time and, and breaking down Amani Hansberry and kind of just the big picture stuff, too, because I, I think that's uh, really important as, as we dig in. So, yeah, man, appreciate you always. For sure, man. Anytime. Yeah, thank you all for, uh, for joining our space, reacting to this big commit for Illinois basketball. It'll be the first of the 2023 class, which is Super cool, uh, a top 50 player, which is always a great thing to celebrate. So thank you all for joining. We'll be back this week to talk Illinois-Indiana football uh, coming up on Friday night. We'll have hopefully have an Indiana person in here this week kind of breaking down the Hoosiers, what we can expect there as we uh, get ready for Illinois' first real test of the season football-wise. So thank you all for joining, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. The Armchair Illini Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best online ticketing site you can find. Why? Well, because it pulls from every other available ticketing site to give you the best price possible. There's no need anymore to check out 10 different ticketing sites to find the deal you're looking for. SeatGeek basically does all of that for you. Not only that, but SeatGeek has a value system sorted by color to let you know if you are actually getting a good deal on your tickets or not. You can sort by best value, lowest price, and more. Now here's the best part. If you use code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, you can get $20 off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Attend your next unforgettable sporting event or concert by checking out SeatGeek today. Again, use promo code ARMCHAIRILLINOIS, all one word, and get $20 off your first order.